Welcome to Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. We are your hosts, Spen and Nick. It is December 5th, and the Nets are actually above 500, 13 and 12. Yes, they lost yesterday to the Celtics. We will get into that. But Nick, how do you feel through 25 games now, knowing at least we're a game above 500? Hrvatska, I just want to shout out uh, Croatia winning their World Cup this morning against Japan. Uh, my best friend, Anthony Sayre, is Croatian. I've had the honor of going to Croatia, a beautiful country. Uh, they made it to the finals four years ago, lost to France, and now making a great run into the quarterfinals. So congrats to Croatia. Hrvatska is Croatia in Croatian. Hey, um, real quick, real quick, some former Nets. Croatian, can you name him? Bogdanovic, yeah. Was uh, Zoran Planetic Croatian? Zoran Planetic was as well. And was Nenad Kristic? You're going to have to look that one up. I don't no, want to guess. He was Serbian. He was, they were all part of Yugoslavia, and then they broke up. So Bogdanovic and, uh, and Zoran Planetic. Um, dude, this Nets team was actually holding the best winning streak in the NBA before they lost to the Celtics. I have loved what I've seen. I love TJ Warren back. That's the biggest thing for me. People don't realize TJ Warren's 6'8". He's a big small forward who could play both the three and the four. He was scoring 20 points on 50% shooting before he got hurt while playing on the Indiana Pacers and before that on the Suns. So great score. Glad to see him back, getting back into shape, getting back to the swing of things. Um, listen, Kyrie's kryptonite is the Celtics. 7-21, to 33%. Those are my takeaways from that game. We'll go over that game, honestly, I know. But a uh, great winning streak. Honestly, okay to see it snapped. It's a tough Celtics team. We'll get there, but... Mostly good things. Joe Harris coming down a little bit with a nice stretch. I know for the last couple of weeks, we were kind of out on him in these last five games. He seemed to get into a groove, especially in the last two or three. So uh, good things. We'll, we'll make a couple. Uh, we'll give some feedback to some players, but overall feeling good. Yeah. My first question is you said people don't realize TJ Warren is six, eight. Who are you referring to? I think the general public would be like, Oh, TJ Warren, probably, you know, six, four, six, five, another another okay size decent three two or three but i think he's a bit of a stretch player i think he could do a lot of things he could rebound as well uh, he could pass he's solid on defense so i think him being back is a bigger deal than people uh, make it seem i don't think people realized how well tj warren was playing the past couple of years before he got hurt yeah i agree and also he's underrated on the defensive side of the ball um you've seen that in his limited action he's able to Guard Keep these, scoring, these. Warren. I like that. I like. I think I said that last episode. Um, no, he's able to defend some of these bigger wings like a Jason Tatum. You know, you saw him on a few possessions on Tatum against the Celtics the other day. Um, and then the game before that, they played the, the, the Wizards. He was also – I'm sorry, the Raptors. He was also good in that game defensively. That was his debut Friday night. Um, talked about Joe Harris picking it up a little bit. It seems like him and Seth Curry have switched places. Seth Curry was on fire for a few games. Joe Joe Harris couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. I mean, that's nice to have switched. two of them, right? It's like, who's ever hot, keep him in. I, I, I guess I'd like for both of them to be hot. Um, so let's let's get to the Celtics team. Let's, let's get to the Celtics game because I thought that there were a lot of encouraging signs from this game 
I wasn't able to watch it live on Sunday night. That's because I was at the best damn comedy sketch show in the city. Nick closed out the year with I Mostly Blame Myself, the best of show. And uh, it was it was a sight to see. So shout out to Nick's comedy sketch group. I Mostly Blame Myself. They're going to be performing again in 2023. If you guys are interested in going, please DM me. Follow them on Instagram. We'd love to hook you up with some discounted tickets. 50% off, 50% off. Yeah, thank you. That was a that was a fun night. Brought down the house, standing ovation. It was, a, it was a great time. Listen, it was better than watching the Nets lose to the Celtics. And I was able to record the game. I watched it Monday morning. Uh, I took a lot of notes. I took a lot of notes from this game. So we'll go through them. I, I thought the best stretch of basketball that the Nets played was to start the game and to start that third quarter. Uh, to start the game, they went on an 11-2 and run. It just looked like they were vibing. Kyrie was attacking the paint. Uh, they, they were passing the ball. Joe Harris hit a few sh- jumpers. Claxton got into the mix. And it just seemed like when they're able to gel like that, they're very hard to stop on offense. And they were turning the Celtics over. They, the Celtics weren't getting good looks. And then something something stopped for the Nets. And all of a sudden, the Celtics just went on a run. Jalen Brown decided he was going to go the fuck off. He had 20 points in the first quarter. And he just he just kept hitting threes. I think at one point the score was 26 to 20. Uh, yeah, maybe not. I, I know at one point the Nets had 26 points. The Celtics were up maybe 32, whatever the score was. And Jalen Brown had 20 at that point. So this, the, the Nets had outscored Jalen Brown by six points. He was unstoppable in that first quarter. Um, so I want to give him credit. He's, he's having a really good season. I mean, him and Tatum are, are, are superstars. Now, the one thing I, I do want to talk about, and I think this is the biggest difference Outside of the fact that I think that the duo of Tatum and Brown is just playing a little bit better than the duo of KD and Kyrie right now. But if they're I, both I scoring 30 points, you're probably not yeah. going to win that game. If they're both. I don't think that's as big of a deal as the fact that, and here's the difference between the Brooklyn Nets and the, and the Boston Celtics. The Celtics role players all know exactly what their roles are and they play them to perfection. Whether it's Grant Williams, Al Horford, Peyton Pritchard coming off the bench, Derek White, you add a Malcolm Brogdon this season. All these guys know exactly what to do on defense, know exactly how they're supposed to be used on offense. Look at Peyton Pritchard. Uh, he scored 13 points in this game. I'm sorry. Brogdon scored 13 points in this game. He was great. I'm, I'm trying to look. Oh, no, I'm, what's going on here? Pritchard had six points. But Brogdon was a plus 16 in 32 minutes no Marcus Smart in this one for Boston. Um, Grant Williams had 10 points, four of seven from the field, two of four from three. Horford Played some really the good shit out of Royce O'Neal on a drive. Yeah, I, I, again, these, the Celtics these guys, team, listen, they're built better than us right now, and they have better chemistry. They've been playing better. I didn't mind. We stuck with them for most of the game, but they were always a step ahead of us a little bit. But I think that's something we got to, we just learned from. And again, Kyrie hits five more shots. We're in this game. I'm not, yeah, but I'm not worried about Kyrie and Katie. I don't even think Kyrie played that badly. If you watch watch the the entire game, seven to twenty one looks bad, but he actually did some decent things out there. Five assists, eight rebounds. He ended up with eighteen points. Um, he he had a few bonehead plays in that fourth, but I wasn't as. Here's what bothers me, Nick, and and as TJ Warren's getting into the swing of things, no Ben Simmons in this game. There are guys on this team that don't really know what their role is. I'll give you an example. I'm talking about the Brooklyn Nets, Cam Thomas. He comes in, shoots five times, goes one of five from the field. He's a minus five on the night, and he scores eight points because he had some some, uh, buckets in garbage time. But what is he supposed to do when he comes in? He's not a spot-up shooter. He's not a catch-and-shoot guy. He he tries to sort of 
Kobe it a lot of the times and go ISO. And we just don't need him to do that. Another guy at this point, I love Seth Curry. I think Seth Curry is the best shooter on this team when all said and done. But he came into this game, Nick, in 14 minutes, he shot the ball one time. He had zero points and he had four personal fouls. So at that point, what is his role? You know what we got to do with Seth Curry? He has to have the green light like Clay Thompson, where it's like, we need you to be hot from three in order to win games. So come out firing. I see, like you say, Seth Curry will go games where he shoots 10 threes. He goes six for 10 from three. Then he'll take one or two, miss them both, and he won't shoot the rest of the game. I don't think he's like a head case, but it seems like he's kind of like, a, if I'm hot, I'm hot. If I'm not, I'm not. And then he just stops. I would rather him go two for eight and keep firing and try to find that groove. Cause it seems like if he's not shooting, we don't have that threat from three. I know Joe's been decent the past couple of weeks, but when Joe Harris and Seth Curry are both off, we're likely not finding scoring outside of Kyrie and KD. So I need him to get that Steve Kerr, Clay Thompson, Seth Curry, green light, uh, Steph Curry, green light, but for Seth Curry. So we can just get him in a groove as quickly and early in the game as possible. Players that took more shots than Seth Curry in this one. Royce O'Neal was two of 12 from the field, two of eight from three-point range. Bad game for Royce O'Neal. It is what it is. He's not going to do this every game. I think you're wrong, though, when it comes to Kyrie. Yeah, okay, great. Kyrie did a couple little things better than he normally does. 33% from a superstar against the number one team in the East is unacceptable to me. And it's always the Celtics. That's Kyrie's kryptonite. So why why are you letting the role players off? I'm not. But Kyrie's the one who we depend on the most after KD. Like there was a play you saw, I think it must have been third or fourth quarter to cut it to four or six, where KD drove, had Kyrie wide open in the corner perimeter, but chose to lay it in himself over two people. And he did. And it was a nice take knowing that Kyrie was off. And again, KD could have finished that. He knew he finished it. He did finish it. With that said, bro, like KD was looking around like I got to put the team on my back like he always does. Because when Seth's off, Kyrie's off, Royce O'Neal's off. What do we have? Utah is uh, Watanabe is still out, right? Yes, correct. Like, it's just, just I, we can't accept that in a big game like this. Like, nice, Kyrie, you could score 46 against the Charlotte Hornets, but you can't step up at all against a team when it really matters. I get it. I get it. Listen, you can blame Kyrie as much as you want. I, I watched this entire game just like you did. I put a lot more onus on the role players. Um, but I digress. I, I have a few more notes here. Uh, like I said, the role guys for the Celtics, they do what they're supposed to do. They hit open shots. They defer to Tatum and Brown when they need to. They hustle and they play strong defense. They're much more mature than us right now. You mentioned the chemistry. That's better. I think that's going to change. I think once the Nets are able to incorporate TJ Warren and Ben Simmons into a healthy lineup, maybe you make a trade or two. Me personally, if I'm Jacques Vaughn, Cam Thomas stops getting minutes and you give his minutes to Patty Mills. Because the little things that Patty Mills can do out there – complement the rest of this team better than Cam Thomas's ISO scoring ability. Do you agree or disagree? That's tough because Patty Mills in the beginning of the season was so off too. He's got it together a little bit, but he's so hot and cold. All he provides to me is threes and a little bit of like a veteran uptick in energy. He's a good hype man. He's a good leader. He's vocal, more vocal than our fucking superstars. I don't know, dude. Cam Thomas has X factor. I've seen Cam Thomas drop 14 to 16 points uh, in, in 20 minutes of time because he can – those floaters from the free throw line, those jump shots he takes, those fadeaways, those are nice. Granted, listen, he's a terrible defender. There's a play Tatum gave him like one shimmy and he just fell to the like, side. Like it was awful. But I don't know, dude. What's Patty Mills, 35? And maybe he's look, good for I, six I want, points? 
I want more guys that compliment the way the Nets play basketball, and that is deferring to KD and Kyrie when necessary. That is hitting open shots. That is being a catch-and-shoot player. Patty Mills can do that better than Cam Thomas. He also gives you a little bit more energy than Cam Thomas does, which is kind of sad because Cam Thomas is a second-year player, and Patty Mills has been in the league for God knows how long. So well, aren't, you trying you to, aren't you trying to develop Cam Thomas this early in the season? I I don't know if this is the best season to develop Cam Thomas. This is the last season you have KD and Kyrie for. You're going for the ship. Uh, I would say give David Duke uh, Cam Thomas's minutes. I, I like David Duke. I like the energy and hustle he gives. Again, he's someone who can complement what the Nets do on defense, and he'll defer to the superstars and the three-point shooters on offense. And just, also to, didn't have, just to clarify, you're talking about yeah. David Duke, the basketball player, not the white David Duke Jr., yeah, not the white yeah, supremacist. Okay. Thanks for clarifying. Also, okay. you didn't have Edmund uh, Sumner in this game, who takes up a lot of minutes. So, Oh, look, wait, you're Thomas, talking about Edmund Sumner, not Edward Scissorhands, right? Yeah, no, was, <laughs> yeah, the guy who plays for the Nets, not Johnny Depp's movie. Okay. Um, a little bit more about this game. We squandered a lot of fast break opportunities. We actually turned – I'll give the Nets credit. We played pretty darn good defense in this game, minus that first quarter. Uh, the second quarter, defense tightened up a bit. The third quarter, we held the Celtics to 13 points. That was that was a great quarter defensively. And we were turning them over a lot. They had what? They finished the, the game with 15 turnovers, one more than us. Um Jason Tatum had nine turnovers, which is, you know, you want to talk about, I know Kevin Durant had eight turnovers in this one, a few four in the, in the fourth quarter that really hurt us. Uh, but the nets were not taking advantage of those opportunities. They squandered a lot of fast break opportunities when they turned the Celtics over in that first half that didn't lead to points, which sucks. You hate to, you hate to see that. Um, I, I'm not one to complain about the refs. They let the Celtics play a little bit physical in this one, especially in that first half. I think it frazzled the Nets a little bit. I think at times when you see Kevin Durant turning the ball over like that, I think in a way it's because of the physicality of the opposing team. Uh, and I thought the refs, they did not give K KD a lot of calls in that first half. I think he, he screamed at one of the refs finally when he got fouled on a dunk attempt. Um, so it is what it is. The Celtics are a physical team. They know how to play physical defense without, without getting called for fouls. Um, good on them. And, the, the one thing that, you know, the Nets weren't really able to do in this game, they kept it close. They, they hung with the Celtics on, on both sides of the ball. But every time that they were within four, within five, they just weren't able to get over that hump. And you see the Celtics, you know, there was a play. I want to say um, the Nets cut it to two in that fourth quarter. And then Malcolm Brogdon penetrated the defense, found Al Horford wide open for a corner three on the next play to get the lead to five. That was followed by a Kevin Durant turnover that led to a Jalen Brown dunk to push the lead to seven. And that was the closest the Nets got to the Celtics was that two-point deficit in the fourth quarter. I don't remember how much time was left to play. Um, it is what it is. This, the Celtics are the best team in the league. This is not a terrible loss. They, they closed this out in the fourth. Even after we made a little run, I want to say with three minutes left, they were able to, to stay calm, cool, collected. They're a group that knows how to play together. Um, and the story of this game – Turnovers killed the Nets, not taking advantage of the opportunities. And their team were just a little bit, they were a little bit sharper than us. That was it. You want, you want to make a Darren Sharper joke? Probably shouldn't because I'm pretty sure he's in jail for, for a bunch of rape. Uh, not good on Darren Sharper. That's the only guy. Our sharper images, I guess you can, something, any, any sort of joke with sharper images you want to throw out there? No, I have nothing. Shannon Sharp, idiot. Skip Bayless, genius. Did I tell you that uh, my so my friend I told you my friend Alex played the NYU Columbia annual game at Barclays on last Sunday and do you know who the ref was? Shannon Sharp. 
Smush Parker. Oh, shout I out like to Smush, Smush Parker. Parker. What was he? A former Laker? Yeah, yeah. Kobe uh, notoriously said he was the worst player he had ever played with. <laughs> That's actually really funny. Yeah, it's kind yeah, of. Yeah, I'm looking at his Wikipedia. It... Let's just say he spent a lot of time in the G League and a lot of time overseas. He he was actually really hurt back. by those comments. Yeah, I probably would have been too, but he did have a season with the Lakers, 05-06, 12 points per game, shooting 45%. So, listen, I want to I want to stay on the Nets. You know, we can we can get to um, we get to Smush Parker. We, later. we can get to Smush Parker offline. Uh, I just I, I think, think it was an encouraging. <laughs> I think Parker. it was an encouraging loss. I, I think they did a lot of things good. Um, there's a lot of things they can clean up. Nick Claxton, decent game in this one, nine points, 14 rebounds. KD was your high man with 31. Uh, did have eight turnovers, seven rebounds, five assists. And Joe Harris, 13 points, five of 10 from the field. Um, nice game for Joe. So we can move on because the Nets were playing some some pretty darn good basketball before that loss. Uh, and we'll go all the way back to Wednesday, do the Wayne the Wayne's World Rewind. 113-107 was the score on Wednesday night against the Washington Wizards. Uh this is this was the start. I guess no, actually, this was the follow-up to Kevin Durant's masterful performance against the Magic we covered last week. This week, 39 points on Wednesday, 11 of 11 from the free throw line, 13 of 20 from the field, one turnover. He was incredible in this game. Kyrie Irving also had a strong performance, 27 points for Irving, 9 of 21 from the field, 7 of 8 from the free throw line. Um, and that was really it. I mean, Joe Harris... Uh, basically a very similar stat line to the, to the, in this game as he did in the Boston Celtics game, 14 points, 5 of 10 from the field, 4 of 6 and 3-point range. Uh, no other net was in double figures in this one. This was a good win to me. The Wizards team is nice this year, bro. The combination of Kuzma, Beal, and Porzingis, those are three. I mean, you'd give Porzingis and Beal superstar status. Maybe I'd give Kuzma like a sub-star status. But if they're scoring 25 a game each like they did against us – that's a tough team. That's a 500 team. They're 11-11 right now. So we're really fighting with them for that bottom uh, bottom of the top eight playoff spot right now in the East. So props to our team. Uh, sub-10 turnovers. That does not happen for this Nets team usually. But uh, nine turnovers total against the Wizards. So taking care of the ball just a little bit better than we usually do. Um, the only thing that concerns me, this Wizards team is pretty big. We got out-rebounded by 16 51 to 35 on the offensive boards, 14 to four. So again, a close game stars came out to play. I think we were a little stronger talent wise, but something to keep in mind when we play these big teams, they're able to stay in it on those second chance opportunities. The nets are the worst team at stopping second chance opportunities in the league. So something like you always say, we need to get better at is a rebounds, maybe another big man, maybe finding that guy who could play the TJ Warren spot. Maybe TJ Warren is the answer for more rebounds per game, but uh, a good game, a good win against a solid Wizards team. Shout out to Gilbert Arenas and everyone listening. Don't bring guns into the locker room. Yeah, definitely don't bring guns into the locker room. I uh, also wanted to give you an update on the Darren Sharper story because I was curious. He settled his lawsuits with his three rape accusers as of June 2022. Great. Great, great, great. One, one of one of uh, the best safeties in his generation uh, settled this lawsuit. Remember when people used to say safety when they farted? I do. That was pretty cool. Wait, so anyway, oh, I just said, wanted to clear that you up. You said doorknob. They got to punch you until you touched a doorknob. Yeah, that's we how should it works. bring that back. We should. 
Um, the one note I have on this game, they shot the ball 25% from three-point range, six of 24. That's pretty much where the game was won. We were 11 of 26. Uh, yeah, I mean, they had three guys in double figures. Porzingis had 27 and 19. He, he's a monster. I would love to have him or Kuzma on the nets. Kuzma had 25. Bradley Beal had 25. And shout out to uh, Denis Avdija. You're right? That's how you say his name? Right. Denis Avdija. I think it's Avdija, like it's a Y. Listen, he's uh, he came in. He had a nice little ovation from the Brooklyn crowd. He is Jewish. He's one of the – I think he is the only Jewish player in the NBA, correct? Is he the only Jewish player? I think he might be. So, I, I, yeah, you can double check that. Um, but it was nice to, you know, to see him. Yeah, get a you're right. Ovation. Washington Wizards forward Danny Avdija is the only Jewish player on an NBA roster. But remember, Amari Stoudemire is Jewish. He's not on an NBA roster. Um, nice win against the Wizards team at home. This was your second win in a row. I'm sorry, third win in a row. Because then on Friday, we played the Toronto Raptors. And this was the feel-good game of the week because you had the return of T.J. Warren. was great to see him back. Keep scoring, Warren. The rain is pouring Sunday morning, T.J. Warren. Uh, He came back. Nice nice debut for him, 10 points on 5 of 11 from the field. Luckily, this wasn't really a game. I, I mean, the Nets had probably their best offensive and defensive quarter of the season in quarter number one they outscored toronto 41 to 17 in mm. that f- first mm, quarter mm, mm. it was finally a game where kevin durant really you know did what i call that do much. i call that a tasty quarter yeah i call that a quarter pounder with cheese oh i like that i like that uh yeah kd didn't have to do it all tonight i mean 17 points nine rebounds seven assists uh, i'm sorry not tonight on that specific friday night um Kyrie had 27 10 to 17 from the field he was on fire in this one uh but here's what you love to see Nick every single net starter was in double figures Joe Harris had 17 on six of eight from the field five of seven from three-point range he continued his hot shooting streak in this one Nick Claxton 15 points nine rebounds on seven of nine from the field and Royce O'Neal 11 points as well and like I said, TJ Warren was the sixth man in double figures. He had 10 points on five of 11 from the field. You saw glimpses of what Warren could provide to this team, which is another offensive scorer who can create off the dribble, a versatile defensive player who can really help out with his length, and just an overall guy who, who has something to prove this season. You know, him and Edmund Sumner are coming off these horrific injuries, and you see the effort they're giving on both ends of the ball. You, you, you just love that these guys are on your team right now because they're playing for their future. They want big contracts in the future, and they're both they're both young guys. Um, yeah, that that's uh, that's really all I have for this one. I mean, uh, they were able to to come back a little bit. They made a run in that fourth quarter to I think get the lead to only like I think they cut it to like fourteen at, or, or at one point, but we were able to close them out. Nice win against the Raptors team in which Scotty Barnes played, Fred Van Vliet played, OG Adenobi played, Siakam played. We still dominated them, uh, so that was nice to see. And like I said, no Ben Simmons in these last few games, not in the Wizards game, not in this game. So it was it was nice that we get a guy like T.J. Warren, who's, who's like you said, he's 6'8". A lot of the general public doesn't realize, realize that, as you pointed out. Um, so for him to replace Simmons and, and just give another scoring punch, this hey, was a really for, nice thanks one. For, thanks for bringing that back that I pointed out. You like that? that? I yeah. appreciate that. What were your thoughts on I have this a segment one? for you. Okay. No, no. Right, sorry. We can continue with this Raptors. Yeah, let's, let's do the segment after the win. All right. Great win. That first half of basketball was the best I've seen all season. 
Third quarter wasn't as good. Fourth quarter obviously kind of slowed down. They, we put in our subs and they were able to come back a little it's, bit. It's hard to play. It's hard to keep your, your foot on the gas for My 48 only, minutes of basketball. I'm the yeah. realist here. I'm the one who's got to keep us in check because you're just like, lolly, lolly, la. We get one win. We're the best team in the league and nobody could ever beat us again. That was a great impression of me. You're like, la, 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 la. I'm a loser I'm a kid. loser kid. <laughs> Um, I think the 18 turnovers is a little bit of a concern for me. When we start to, to play super well, we're up 15, we're up 20. We get a little lackadaisical, a little lolly jolly with the ball. We end up throwing it to the other team. Uh, luckily, this game was everyone on point. We shot 54% from the field. You shoot over 50% from the field. You don't win a basketball game. You must get zero rebounds and have 65 turnovers. So right. a good win. It was a nice, you know, kind of, was, you know, to, to hit that four-game winning streak, this was kind of the zenith, the top of the mountain, to absolutely crush in that first half and feel like we're really building something with this organization, with the chemistry, with the players, Kyrie being back, TJ Warren coming back. So all good things. Celtics kind of put us in check a little bit, but Raptors was a nice win, all things considered. Yeah, um, and by the way, the I'm a loser kid reference uh, was a reference to Nick's show. I mostly blame myself. So if you if you've seen his show, you would have got it. If you didn't, we'll you post were left that in the dark. Online. I just I just want to make sure people understand that when me and Nick uh, get a little crazy, there, there's always a reason and a rhyme behind it. Um, and the reason and the rhyme behind the Nets winning this game was the fact that they just absolutely shut down the Raptors in that first quarter. They set the tone for the game. This is how you like the Nets to start at home against a lesser opponent every single time. And in a weird way, they started the Celtics game very hot. Like I said, 11 to two to start the game, um, but they weren't able to keep their foot on the gas. Uh, anything else on this game before we move on? No, I have a non-basketball related segment that I want to do though. The one, the one thing is, you know, I talk about potentially adding players on not as good teams to the Brooklyn Nets. The guy I would definitely want to keep my eye on if I'm Brooklyn is Gary Trent Jr., I like Gary Trent Jr. He's he's a microwave man. He can he's someone who can come off the bench, give you buckets, six five, strong guard. Um, if the Raptors don't have it this year, I would love to get my hands on him or Juan Hernan Gomez. And by my hands, you only course, like Juan Hernan Gomez because of that movie with Adam Sandler. I'm metaphorically speaking, I would love them on my team. And I don't want to actually Juancho grab them with my hands. What did I say, Juan? It I is Juancho Hernan Gomez. No, no, no. It's Juancho Hernan Gomez. No, no, if no, I'm going to say Juan his name, I'm going to get it right. Alberto Juancho. Listen, there's a reason I don't get paid Iron Eagle money because I don't. I, I can't say anyone's name, and that's lazy, and it's ignorant, and I need to work on that. Honestly, that's, your that's ignorance is a good lead to my segment. Okay, let's hear it. All right, so here's my segment. It's called Name the Country This World Cup Player Is From. I'm going to name a player in the World uh, Cup, and you, I'll, give you three, I'll give you three countries. You have I to don't want to do this. From. This is going to be feel terrible. Like I feel like Michael Che or Colin Jost when they read each other's jokes. I don't well, want to do this. All right. So the World Cup is on right now for those who are watching. We've, we're hitting the round of 16. Now we're getting to the quarterfinals after tomorrow. Uh, I think it's Morocco, Spain. Uh, what was it? Morocco, Spain, then Switzerland, Portugal. Spen, I'll tell you what. I won't make it. Okay. I don't want you to put in a position where you feel like you might be offensive. I'll do this the reverse way. I'm I feel gonna, like I'm just having a rough podcast as is. I'm bringing I'm up name rape allegations. Team. I'm mispronouncing names. I'm going to name five up all over the place. I'm going to name five countries. If you could tell me one player that plays for that country, you get a point. I will name popular countries. Okay. Some of the biggest soccer countries. If you can get three out of five countries where you could name one player on the team, you win. Okay. Fine. This is a basketball podcast about the Brooklyn Nets, but sure. Go on. But we're like a sports team. All Not right. really. Brazil. 
Wait, I have to name a player? Name one player on the Brazil. I don't team. watch. I don't know. Come on, you don't know Neymar? Oh, is Neymar still on Brazil? Oh, my God. All right. USA. Um, Dust. Dust? Yes. There's no player named Dust. Him. Uh, okay. That's 0 for 2. I'll give you a half a point on that one. All right. Third. You ready? Yeah. France. Oh, Mbappe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Killing Mbappe. That's your, your one and a half for three. All right. Next. Portugal. Ronaldo. Yeah. Cristiano. Argentina. Messi. All right. You got two and a half out of five. Although me, the one country you live in, you said dust. So I'm not sure how. Give me dust. I'll take that one. All right. It's funny. So you're talking about naming players. I had a segment on here tonight. It's called Remember Him. I wanted to take a look back on some Nets legends and talk about how they would fare in today's NBA. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. Jason Kidd. How would they fare in the NBA right now? Yes. He'd be, I mean, dude, they're top five point guards of all time to this day. I'd say so, the only point guard in the league right now, if Jason Kidd was playing right now in his prime, the only point guard I'd put above him is Luka Doncic. All right. Richard Jefferson. Uh, greatest player in the NBA right now, no matter what. Okay. Vince Carter. Vince Carter would be a star. I think, I think we're going a little bit away from that dunker type superstar. Cause if you can't hit a three pointer right now and Carter could hit a three in his later years with the nets, but he's just not as good of a shooter as a lot of the stars in the NBA right now. We've become a very three point shooting league. So I think Carter would still be great. Um, I, I'm trying to think of who I'd compare him to. Well, right my now. rebuttal would be Giannis Antetokounmpo doesn't hit threes consistently, but he's okay. Let his team but he's also six eleven and literally right. could drive. But like you, you just you said, getting away from that. Fine. There's, I, I got a rebuttal. It's my podcast too. No, I could rebuttal your rebuttal though. That's fair. All right. Dust. What about Kenyon Martin? I think Kenyon Martin would thrive, man. We're a softer league now too. We need big guys. We need bang bros. That's what we need. Yeah. So we need guys down low with the body. I mean, if Kenny Martin was on the Nets right now, that'd be the piece we're missing. A guy yeah. who can give Claxton a blow? That's all we need. Joe Johnson. A bang bro that can give Claxton a blow? That's everything. Um, Joe Johnson, to me, would be like a DeRozan. Kind of like that one guy in the league who still shoots mid-range for some reason, but is super consistent with it. So I think he would do well. I think he's also a clutch shooter. He's a playmaker. He's got X-Factor. I love Joey J. I am hot like DeRozan. When I shoot it, it goes in. That's nice. Kyle. Yeah, I love Kyle. Um, Brooke Lopez. He's still in the league. <laughs> <laughs> and he's doing great, man. All right, Darren Williams. I don't ever say that name to me again. What's your answer? Terrible. He'd be terrible. He'd probably be like, oh, you gave me a dollar? I don't have to try anymore. Wow. <laughs> Nick's got some beef with Darren Williams. If you guys have listened to previous podcasts, dude, Nick is not My boy there. Eli, who's going to hear me on this, knows, dude. We don't F with Darren Williams anymore. He's a betrayer. He's got what no about... honor. He hates <laughs> basketball. What about Utah Darren Williams? He was a cool guy. He was really good. Right. What about Boston Nakbar? Uh, he'd probably be like all NBA, first team. Probably 32 a game. Okay, how about Eddie House? That was sarcastic. Bosch and Akbar maybe get like eight a game. Uh, Eddie, burn the whole house down. He'd be like a Patty Mills to me. Nothing more. CJ Watson. Oh, 
Swat it, For, son. CJ, former Watt, former son. guest of the pod. Yeah, I like CJ Watson, bro. He's a good sixth man. I think he provide a spark. I think he might be more consistent off the bench sometimes than Joe Harris and Seth Curry would be. Uh, by the way, Boston Akbar, also former guest of the pod, one of our favorite guests. Uh, so we said CJ Watson. How about how about Aaron Williams? I knew you were going to say that next. Also former guest of the pod. Um, again, I think he would do what Kenyon Martin would do. He not as well, but he's a body man. And we need guys like we get rebounded every game. He'd help us kind of go from that lowest in the league in terms of opponent second chance points to maybe being a mid-tier rebounding team. So guys like A-Train, guys like Kenny Martin would really benefit from being on this Nets team right now, and the organization would benefit from them. And finally, Andre Blatch. I'm good. Dude, he was actually pretty good for the Nets. Who is that he guy? Was, uh, Reggie, he's a utility Reggie guy. Evans. Is that his name? Reggie Evans. Yeah, he was the rebounding monster. Oh my god! Yeah, I never want that to see that guy in a basketball uniform. I would. I take still Andre feel bad Blatch. that Kobe said Bush Parker. I feel bad. Yeah, I know. Kobe said that. Dude, it's look so up mean. that story. Kind of wild. All right, we've had a little fun on here today. We're gonna end this podcast with a limerick that I wrote about the Brooklyn Nets. Nick, are you ready? I'm ready. The Nets are on their way. Their best basketball they have yet to play. At times, they're unnerving, especially Kyrie Irving. Like in Shul, for this team, I will pray. That was actually pretty good. That wasn't bad, right? Took me a minute to write, but uh, I like it. All right. I call you the third best writer in the family. What, I'm better than mom? Yeah. That's that's cruel. Also, I'm first of all, you and dad write a lot more than me. I'm a pretty damn good writer. Yeah, that's fine, but you're still third. You got voted nicest in the family, though. I think I'm a better singer than you. That's just not true, bro. Did you hear me last night on that last night? Yeah, no, I know. And I was telling people, I'm like, he's good, but like, I'm better. That's absurd. I think you just sing, and you have no idea what key you're in ever. <laughs> I don't think you know what key you know, is. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm a better basketball player, though. Can we agree about that? We can't agree on that either. All right, all right. To close I it out. I think you know pizza more than I do. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and you I'll know Marvel it. movies. To close out the pod, I want to say that, you know, it's it's nice to see that the Nets are trending in the right direction still, despite the Ben Simmons stuff, which is a little bit concerning with his knee. TJ Warren's back. This team is is finally rounding into shape. If guys like Seth Curry and Cam Thomas can figure it out and and, and carve out their roles on this team, great. If they can't, I'm going to need Sean Marks to make some moves and, and, and make them soon because we're going to know very, very quickly if this Nets team is a serious playoff contender or not. It's going to be in the next few weeks. We're, we're going to see how they play. I mean, the, the four-game win streak was nice, but but can they continue, you know, taking two out of three, taking five out of six, you know, even even four out of seven? Can, can we continue the, this nice stretch of basketball now that a few of our guys are, are playing a little bit better? Um, we'll get Watanabe back. We'll get Simmons back. We'll get Sumner back. Um, and I just, I, I'm, I'm encouraged about where this team is headed, but I need us to keep our foot on the gas and not slow down. So th- those are my closing thoughts, sentiments for the Brooklyn Nets. Nick, what about you? What am I looking forward to? What was the question? No, the, you're a fucking piece of shit. Are you paying attention to anything I say? No, I got distracted. Okay, the question was just like give your closing thoughts on on this team, what where you think they're headed. Just like I, I gave a great monologue, man. I thought you you fucking feed off that, and you're just. A I bad, felt the energy. I was just reading. Brothers, I was just reading an email. 
I take um, that back. You're you're a great brother. I'm sorry. I would I should never say that. You're the best. Uh, I think if Simmons comes back and plays the way he's playing, TJ Warren's now that guy off the bench who can provide some rebounds and some better minutes than a lot. You know, Seth Curry, Joe Harris, Patty Mills, who have been a little inconsistent. I think you're looking at a four to five seed in the East that could make a run as we get better chemistry and come together. As you say, I still think there's missing pieces that need to be filled really in the rebounding big man department. If we can get one guy like an A-train, someone along those lines, I think we really filled out a roster here. Um, there is There are a few teams in the league, if any, that could stop us if Kyrie and KD are both on. It's like Jalen and Jason Tatum. See, I don't want to hear that, though. I, I need to know that our role guys are good, too. I can't well, just I have know, Kyrie but I, and but you have to put your dependency on the best two guys. Yeah, but think about the playoffs last year. Think about what happened in that first game. Kyrie and KD both went off. And then that that was well, – Kyrie definitely went off. I don't know if KD went off. But whatever. Agree to disagree. I, I We know what to expect from KD and Kyrie. We know what they're able to deliver on a nightly basis. We need the other guys. We don't know what Warren's ceiling is going to be. We don't know how good Seth Curry can be on the Nets. We need to figure that out. I agree. I agree. But to me, it starts, it starts at the best and it trickles down. It's the trickle down. Okay. Theory. It's the like trickle you, down theory. It's like when you pee on a, on the wall and it trickles down, it just trickles down to the other parts of the wall that are lower. Yes. And yeah, everything trickle down theory. On, and everything gets pee on it. I'm pretty sure I saw that um, in like a science journal last week about the trickle down theory. Mm, mm. I don't remember which science journal, but it was definitely one of the good ones. Mm. Um, all right. So that does it for this week's episode of Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick brought to you by Empire Sports Media. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good night. Nick, take us away. I got you on the fire side. <laughs>